0: I'm Julie Ross.
1: And I'm Gregory Abbey,
0: And you're listening to the Parenting Horizons Podcast.
1: Julie is a longtime parent educator and counselor.
0: And Greg is an actor, writer, and director, and more importantly, a parent just like you.
1: Through conversations covering a range of different topics, challenges, and roadblocks, we hope to give you a few of Julie's tools that might just help make parenting a little bit easier.
0: Look, nobody's perfect and parenting is challenging, to say the least. With a few skills under our belts, though, we might just be able to be good enough parents and enjoy the journey and our children a little bit more in the process.
1: What follows now is a continuation of a conversation Julie and I started in Episode 1 about parenting during a pandemic. In this episode, we're gonna get into electronics, but I wanted to bring this up first because I thought it was so funny and so true that generally speaking, that you have a 70-30 idea for parenting and what, what is it now during the pandemic? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. So, and what, what
1: do you mean by when you say
0: 70-30? I have what I call my 70-30 rule. And that is that you, as a parent, you only have to get it right 70% of the time. You have a 30% margin for error. Now, there's the reasoning behind that is that the 30% not only keeps you from being a perfectionist, which is nobody's friend in life, much less in parenting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it also, I had a, a, a dad say to me, is the 30% getting it wrong as much for the kid as it is for the parent, so that the parent doesn't have to do that, but is it as much for the kid? And the answer to that is yes. The 30- what,
1: what does that mean?
0: So the 30% allows, not only allows you to make mistakes, but it doesn't create a standard that your child can't live up to. Mm -hmm. So if you as a parent-
1: Have some screw-ups as well.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. The kid comes to realize that that's normal Mm -hmm. and that they can always do what I call circling back. People can circle back, admit a mistake, talk about a mistake, Mm -hmm. and- figure out a different way to do things. Mm-hmm. So that 30% is for both or for all people in the relationship. So I, I've i always had this 70-30 rule. It may have originally been 80-20, but I you know, figured 70-30 was better. Mm-hmm. So you only have to get a C- minus in parenting, right? right. And right. you're still going to be fine. Your kids sure. will be fine. Everything's going to be fine. So somebody asked me, you know, if that rule still applied during the pandemic. 70,
1: 30. Okay. The
0: 70-30. Well, what's rule. your rule? And I said, you know, I've I've changed it. It's 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> and just keep them
1: alive. <laughs> That's what I remember. I think you were like, just keep them alive. <laughs> exactly. Just keep them alive, especially at the beginning when and even now, when it's yeah. so crazy. And I think that speaks to reminding myself and parents to also give yourself a break. That we're all doing the best we can under these sort of extraordinary circumstances.
0: Yeah, that's, it's so, it's so important. And, you know, and parents will say to me, you know, they've been keeping it together, keeping it together, and then they just lost it. And this past two weeks, I think that I've, I've heard a lot more more about, yeah, parents losing it, you know, and I think it's because we're going into a third wave. We're looking at a, at a cold winter winter. where being outdoors, unless you're in certain parts of the country is not going to be appropriate or. Mm-hmm. or doable. So I am seeing parents losing it a, a little bit more and and forgive yourself. Chalk it up to the 30% or the 50% that you're allowed during this period of time. That doesn't mean ignore it. That doesn't mm. mean don't atone for it. Right, don't lose don't it.
1: you said circle back And it it made me think when we we were talking about in the first episode, uh, leading with empathy and ideally you're coming to these situations and leading with empathy, empathy and making sure hopefully that the kid is heard. And what about in the moments where you can't do that? What if things are getting out of hand, which they often do and suddenly you're both yelling at each other? That's a circle back. I mean, I guess it's healthy probably to take a break, right? Because we've all been in those arguments, whether it's with our spouse or a friend or a a coworker or whatever that get out of hand, suddenly you're just slinging arrows, trying to hurt each other. You step away, what do you do?
0: Yeah, you definitely step away. Um, I I have a pause button that I ask parents to use called Zippy the Lippy. Hmm. So that just means don't say or do anything in that moment until you have a chance to think about it. And sometimes that means physically walking away. Mm I had a dad say that what he does, this was years ago, but what he does when he finds himself really upset, you know, at at his kids, that he goes and takes a shower. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's great. Whatever works. But what happens if you're not where there's a shower? (laughs) How do you do that? And he said, I take a mental shower. Ah. And I thought, that's good. You know, if you walk yourself through the steps of that. Of taking a mental sh- what would it look like? You know, you go, you get the shampoo, you get, the- and you take this mental shower. And the m- length of time that it would take you to do that is about the amount of time that you need for your feelings to come back down. Another thing that I tell parents to do is drink five glasses of water.
1: Hmm, wow.
0: That's a lot of water. Yeah. But, it's not as much as you need during a day. sure, And so it has a health benefit to it. But it also keeps your mouth and your hands busy right, for long when, enough. When things
1: get out of hand.
0: When things are out of hand for, for long enough where you can calm down and your kid can calm down and you can think it through.
1: And c- can you talk about like, let's say it's gone awry and you're going to come back. Will you just repeat it? Because I think it's so important. You mentioned this in the first episode, this idea that it's redemptive to come back. And what was the quote?
0: Yeah. So in the, the thing that's redemptive is listening, mm. that when people are listened to, there's an alternating current between them. The process of listening recreates both the speaker and the listener. And that's why once you've calmed down, you're not going to be able to listen if you're upset. There's mm-hmm. just no way because you're going to be thinking of what you want to say and making your point. But if you come back and then use a, a strategy, and there's three specific strategies in listening, okay. in listening with heart. One is saying, tell me more. Just tell me more. This was very fragile. This felt very angry. Tell me more. I'm just gonna listen, right? That's one way to- That to, you've
1: come back to the child that, to sort of revisit this, whatever the event is.
0: Yeah, that you've circled Conflict. back. Another way to do the same thing and this same listening is to look at and pay attention to what your child's body language is. Mm-hmm. Because if we break communication down into three components, we break it down into body language, which includes facial expression, mm-hmm. tone of voice and words. We come out with percentages about how important each of those things are in what we are communicating to another person. Body language is 55% of how we communicate. Tone of voice is 38% of how we communicate. And words are 7%. So when I hear... Parents say, "Well, my kid doesn't communicate with me. They have body language. Right, fifty-five percent at least is communicating with you. So, when the listening, what the listening process looks like with those facts in mind, is that you can go back and acknowledge how your child is feeling, Mm -hmm. or how they felt. You know, boy, this was a, you know, we were both a little out of control there. Or I can see you're still angry. I can see you're still." You know, feeling upset. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So that validation is part of the listening process. And then the third way is very simplistic and sounds probably at first blush kind of crazy, but if you repeat back what another person just said, sure. they feel listened to. Mm-hmm. So your kid is like, you know, I just I can't believe so such and such happened you can't believe such and such happened. And parents will say, oh, they're going to catch on to that. They don't.
1: Mm.
0: Remarkably so because it feels so good to know that someone else heard what you just said. So it is this process of circling back, waiting enough time for the feelings to come back down, Mm -hmm. for everybody to be in a a much more thoughtful, clear-headed kind of Zone, and then go back and, and approach with empathy, figure out what's going on for them and and then you you have the opportunity, you can have the opportunity to say, you know, well, I felt you know, disregarded or I sure. felt you know that you don't have to give attacked. up your
1: your side of it. It's just about right. making sure both people get a chance to sort of express what they want to express.
0: right and and letting the other person go first.
1: Right. <laughs> Let's talk about electronics. Okay. So, obviously, it's been a big part of this pandemic with the Netflix and the phones and the computers. Part of it's denial, which is healthy, as you've said. There's got to be some of that. I know that's something we've struggled with with our own kids, like how to put some boundaries on it. So, do you have any general rules? What have you been ta- I Are you hearing that a lot by parents? Like, I'm worried that they're. There's too much. Video games is a big one. You know, I don't have a y- young son anymore. So, but that was a big part. I hear A lot of parents uh, talk about their kids playing hours and hours and hours of video games. Now, there's also a part of that where they there's sounds like there's a huge social component to that. Right. right? So mm-hmm. do you have you had any general rules? Mm-hmm. And is this something you've been hearing about?
0: It's, it's definitely something I've been hearing about uh, on a daily basis. You know, the the rules, so to speak, I think need to be, are probably going to be a little different for every family, depending upon your child's developmental stage, depending upon what other things they're doing. So what I really recommend to parents to kind of suss out what's, Okay, and what's not okay is to create a kind of a pie chart. Mm-hmm. So, because not all electronics are c- created equal. Okay. Kids obviously are using electronics to do schoolwork. Right, that right. shouldn't be counted as electronics. It just shouldn't be mm-hmm. because they have to, mm-hmm. right? So, that portion of the pie is going to be s- schoolwork and it doesn't count for the electronics use. Sometimes kids are using electronics for social. Right. Is.
1: They're FaceTiming. My daughter is now in the mode of, with four or five of her friends where she's on for hours with them, but she's deriving like a ton of joy from it. I can tell it's her connection because they're not able to go into school as much, obviously. So it seems like that would be something you might not even count as electronic use so much. Would you? I mean, no. you would, but it's it's a, this is, for her specifically in that instance, like it's she's deriving so much joy and she's having some social interaction.
0: Oh, absolutely! I wouldn't count it as electronics use. I would mm-hmm. count it as social mm-hmm. because if you think about, you know, in a in a school day when they're in a school environment, um, non-pandemic times, right? A lot of that day is social, mm-hmm. and so because they're going through the hallways, they're meeting each other. During hanging the, out
1: after school, hanging having out, lunch, yeah, the whole thing. Sure.
0: You know, during the pandemic, even if they are in school, they're masked. Yep. So yeah, it's
1: not the same. In the any social way.
0: G- is really, really tenuous there. Mm-hmm. So I and they need that. They right. really need to have that connection with their peers. So I don't count that. I I would put that on a pie chart on on the pie chart as their social time. And kind of thinking about it as a parent, how much social time did they have before this? I mm-hmm. mean. The equivalent of a full school day, basically, all
1: and all the like you said, all the time in between classes, before school, at lunch, after school, after school, not counting any play dates they were having after school.
0: Yeah, play dates, parties, you know, hanging out with their friends, all of that stuff is gone, basically. So I think of that kind, those electronics is different.
1: So what about spending two and a half hours looking at TikTok, and the idea is that we all need some denial i know you know my wife and i are watching netflix and we won't even talk about the the issue this we should do a whole episode on electronics because we won't even get into the issue of the dopamine hit you get from every time right. you're clicking that new show mm-hmm. but if you got a kid that and we should also touch on video games cuz like i said i think that's a big one it's like these boys will very easily and actually children of any gender because i don't want to make it seem like only cisgender boys play video games. They'd play for 10 hours, right? Yeah. And sometimes, a lot of times it sounds like it's social because they're on with five of their friends, but sometimes it's not and they're just playing. So Mm -hmm. how do you decide? Like, what's the correct amount?
0: I think you decide by looking at the pie chart and seeing... Is there something that's being neglected because it's being crowded out by video games? What would
1: some of those other things be that are being neglected?
0: Family time. Sleep. Sleep. You know, maybe, maybe the electronic, maybe there isn't any social on the electronics. Maybe it's all video games. Right. Then to me, that would be, that would be a no brainer in terms of you got, that's got to be addressed. So you want to see outdoor time. Are they getting outside of the house or at the all. apartment at all? <laughs> okay. Because, because one of the things they're being robbed of right, right now is physical goal.
1: Exertion. Exertion. I mean, just even all the teams so many of the teams have been and I know this isn't true all over the country, but it's definitely shifted. I mean, yeah, soccer practices that that sort of stuff has gone away. And I do want to get I sort of because I have a specific question about physicality exercise. So maybe we can talk about that. I'm sorry. Did you so did you finish? So is. Oh, so I guess it's about the pie chart. Like if they're on TikTok for six hours and you're going, well, wait a second. This doesn't really weigh out this seems too much in comparison to to what you're doing socially and these other things. So you have it, you have the pie chart, which again, might sound silly, but it, I think it can be a real practical tool to, to use with your kids. And it, it also makes me think of, so to me, this is another opportunity. Tell me if I'm wrong. So this is another opportunity when it comes to specifically electronics. So obviously parents are gonna have a really specific idea of like, it should be two hours, and this is how it should be, and you will get this and you will get that, which never goes great. I, <laughs> I've heard you say this a million times, specifically to this and in the group, that this is another opportunity to bring them into the conversation.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: About electronics. Right. I mean, you've said, would you say like you said this earlier, like, what do you what do you think it should be? Is that something you could do?
0: Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, kid, uh, you know, again, kids are more likely to live by the rules that they help make up. And that's true of all of us. Mm -hmm. right? We're more likely to live by the rules if we feel like we've had a contribution in creating those rules. So I feel like with kids, if you can get a, a conversation going and say, look, I feel concerned about this because this is six hours. I'm not saying you should cut it down to no time, but I need to know what your plan is to include some outdoor time, some family time, whatever the things that are getting pushed to the side. And part of it, Greg, could be even that they are spending their time in school, but not maybe their grades are going down Mm -hmm. or they're not being attentive to it or they're sleeping through a class or whatever. And those to me would also be red flags Mm -hmm. that the screen time or the video gaming or whatever it is, is overtaking part of the pie chart that should be devoted
1: to school and is the idea it, it doesn't sound like this but the idea isn't that you somehow lose your agency as a parent just because you're bringing them into the the conversation so you can say like this is gonna change it, but right so you're still because i'm you know I, I wonder if parents are like well no I, I i have to say what it is it's it you don't use lose your it's okay to, to to draw a bottom line. Like, listen, this is an issue. I feel like this is an issue. It definitely has to shift. This can't go on this way. How do you think? Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think the big concern, interestingly enough, with pulling a kid into a, a conversation is a, a similar concern that parents have when they express empathy or validate a child's feelings. In that. Parents are afraid that they're condoning whatever the behavior is, whether they're being empathetic and saying, I hear that you're angry that I wouldn't let you have an ice cream cone, right? They feel like that's condoning and saying somehow to the child, I'm going to let you have an ice cream cone. Same thing with the electronics. I feel, you know, I want your input on this. They're worried that they are going to, that, that the message to the child is that the kid is going to get their way. And it's really separate things. We're really talking about allowing expression of ideas, feelings, values, and still holding strong to our own ideas, feelings, and values, and our own role as the parent or the leader in the family. Because at the end of the day, as parents, we can shut it all down if if we need to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean we can. I don't recommend it with tweens and teens, but at the end of the day, we still control the wireless and we still control the devices and we still, you know, can remove them. So knowing that is going to be important when you're allowing your child to express what they want. I think a lot of parents approach parenting, and especially as the kids get older, maybe, as a battle that mm-hmm. has to be won. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win mm-hmm. over my child. And the problem is that it it's not a battle, it's a relationship. So it has to be approached with a win-win philosophy. We may not get exactly what we each want, mm. but we can get something and meet in the middle.
1: And you're just going to get further down the road, right? If it's not a battle, battle to the death. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I will win, child. <laughs> yeah, that one never seems to go. It never right. seems I mean, to go I mean, it might well. go well in the moment, but- the repercussions of that are never
0: well, great. and you know, especially because kids are so clever. Hmm. I mean, they find ways around
1: everything. Well, you even mentioned at some point that the idea is if if you allow them to say like, "What do you think?" that they can actually like what what would your parameters or rules be? That's sometimes they often can be even stricter than what you would do if you some if you suddenly give them the power to say. How would you handle this? So, listen, we have to shift electronics. Is there's? It's just too much. Um, we need to shift it. What do you think? Uh, right?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just you know, they need to have to feel like they've been heard in that situation. Mm. I'm reminded of a, a story from a long time ago when I first started doing this, and there was a a boy who wanted to get his ear pierced, um, and he was in a very strict family, and they said. Absolutely not. This was at about age 14 or so. I want to get my ears pierced. No, absolutely not. It was a boy. Just a boy. Okay. They absolutely not. Homophobia. (laughs) And. uh, Oh,
1: that's what was going on with the parents. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Because the girls were allowed to have piercings. Okay. All right. You know, he kept bringing it up and bringing it up, and he was shut down every time. No discussion. No, you know, tell us more about this. What's attractive to you about this? You know, having a pierced ear. What are you thinking about with regard to that? Nothing. And then he turned 16, got his driver's license, and had a little disposable cash. And so he left the house one day and came home with a full-arm tattoo.
1: Oh, wow. So- So guess that backfired, that it laying down the definitely,
0: It definitely backfired. I'm, and- I'm, I
1: imagine you've heard that kind of story many times when parents are that severe about a lockdown, you mean? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't do that. You know, still draw a line. It doesn't mean, I mean, I think that's what you keep saying is like, even if we have a conversation about this earring and you feel strongly like, hey, I'm not allowing you to do this, but allowing them to participate in it. And I want to touch on this idea because you talk about this idea a lot. And maybe this relates to this and it relates to electronics. Is it the collaboration and reciprocity?
0: Reciprocity and collaboration. So
1: is that something?
0: Yeah. Is that
1: what's going on here maybe with electronics?
0: Yeah, sure. So reciprocity and collaboration is based on the idea that everybody in a relationship has valid needs. And if you want to think about it like one person is an extrovert and one person is an introvert, those are valid personality types. An introvert needs time alone to replenish their battery, so to speak. And an extrovert needs time with others to replenish their battery. So reciprocity means acknowledging that the other person has that and that it's a valid need. Now, the way it plays out with kids is that, um, and specifically, let me just address tweens and teens.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think we can talk about Yeah, the difference, because obviously collaboration and reciprocity is different with a four-year-old than a 16-year-old. Right. Right?
0: Right. (laughs) And I would go so far as to say that it's really, reciprocity and collaboration is really a technique or style that should be utilized primarily in the tween and teen years. Okay. Because younger children need a firm sense of the boundaries. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge their feelings about those boundaries. I know, honey, it's really hard that I won't let you have ice cream five times a day, mm. right? And the answer is still no. But And you can <laughs> have ice cream tomorrow, once, right? <laughs> So it's more about when they're younger, acknowledging their feelings and restating the boundary and staying firm about that. But when they get to be tweens and teens, what happens is that their developmental stage shift and their needs become different to accommodate their growing up and Mm -hmm. to accommodate them ultimately being on their own and the two specific needs that tweens and teens have are the need to be independent from your parents Mm -hmm. and the need to be different from your parents
1: and is there a we're talking like what, would you say like 13, 14 is when that really starts to shift or earlier? Earlier.
0: earlier. Um, I would say tweens, I. It, it's not a chronological age so much as it is a developmental right. stage. Mm. But I would say if we put a chronological age on it, I would say tweens are maybe 10 and up. In some cases, nine and up.
1: So it's a natural progression that you start this separation and building your own identity away from your parents.
0: Correct. And building your own network of peers, you know, to whom you are close so that, you know, if everything, if the natural order of things happens, we as parents will you know not be around and they will still be here our kids will still be here and they they will need their friends kind of their found family mm-hmm. um or their chosen family so these two developmental needs get expressed in different ways depending upon what's going on in the kids life so i think electronics are one way that kids express the need to be independent from their parents and especially during the pandemic when independence physical independence has really been curtailed mm-hmm. they you know they they're stuck at home even up to through college age i mean there's a lot of college kids who are stuck at home
1: mm-hmm.
0: with their parents so they the electronics use can be seen as a way to have that independence they're with their little circle of friends not d- relying on their parents and they're fighting their battles if it's a one of those game, game. Mm-hmm. yeah video game uh together with with their their guy friends or their girlfriends and i think differentiation or or becoming different from one's parents is also expressed in uh, through electronics in large part because if you think about it most parents are like what <laughs>
1: What's happening? Yeah. What is, what that? is
0: this? I don't even know What is know. this
1: Snapchat you speak yeah. of?
0: We came from, I don't know, what what were those little chopper guys who went across the Pac-Man? School? Pac-Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the first, they were gonna go with the little chopper guys, but Pac-Man <laughs> was a little more succinct.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Although I like, I I, I like still little like little chopper, little chopper guys. I do too. Little
1: chopper guys. I think we're. I think we should launch that. That's <laughs> okay. next. Good. But I yes, that. it's totally. I, I constantly don't. It's 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 actually a way to get into their world because I'm like, what is this? What what right. what are you doing?
0: Right. Exactly. And so if we think about it in terms of the need being expressed when they're playing that, mm-hmm. that gives us the opportunity to go through a reciprocity and collaboration process. So what that's gonna sound like, reciprocity is a matter of first acknowledging what you see or hear or think the other person's need is. So you might say something like, you know, boy, I know, I know that this is, it's such a relief for you to be able to play these, these video games. You know, it probably gets you out of, out of your head around the pandemic and around, you know, out of your head around school. And, you know, it's, it's probably a great, you know, it's a great resource for you right now. And just acknowledging that that's what that's there for, you know, it allows you to be, you know, separate from me and not have me, you know, buzzing around asking what your homework is. And, and that's an important word there, Greg. So I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize and not, but, so a lot of parents will say, I know this is what you need, but mm. I need X, Y, and Z. Mm. The word but negates everything that came before it, everything, mm. gone. Mm. So you might as well have saved your breath because mm. all the child is going to hear. has
1: gone. Yeah, yeah. And now here comes the rule.
0: And here comes the rule. So the word and is is incredibly important language. So you say what you... what. You think that the tween needs or is feeling or thinks. And then you say, and I feel concerned that maybe things are a little out of balance here. And that's the way I would approach electronics is I would not say, and you're spending too much time on the, you know, that right. stupid, you're Isn't spending really out of hand. And- to what I looked at your screen yeah, I your right, it's- yeah. yeah, that's it. it, it so that- that's the
1: reciprocity's part
0: that's the reciprocity the collaboration is then to say how can we work this out
1: hmm. and and then now we're now we're to the point of you're bringing them into the conversation they feel heard so the reciprocity is sort of acknowledging where they're at
0: Yes, the reciprocity is acknowledging that there are two valid points of view, Mm. theirs and yours. Sure, their
1: need to play, their need to connect, their need to check out. And I love that too, right? Because the butt is like, none of that matters. (laughs) Right, right. That's probably what they hear. So that's great. So the idea is then, and this is something we need to figure out, how do you think we can do it? Exactly. What do you think?
0: Exactly, and parents should be forewarned, forewarned is forearmed, that the the child, the tween or teen is quick on their feet, is a fully thinking human being most of the time, especially when it comes to their needs, and that kid is gonna say, I, I got this, I got this mom, I got this dad, mm. this is under control. And parents often are then, well that didn't work, how good is that, Julie Ross? Thanks so much for that. <laughs> this
1: podcast is terrible. <laughs>
0: exactly. That wasn't a tip.
1: So that seems sort of normal <laughs> that you're going to get that. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes you paint these things like ideally they're going to go, well, thanks for asking, Mom. <laughs> exactly. You know, I've been thinking about it. So what happens when they're like, listen. <laughs> I know you don't have to tell me. I, I I'm I've got this right. So what do you do then?
0: So the first thing is ripping to the door expect off. It. The
1: room? I mean, okay.
0: The first thing is to expect it. Okay, right? Because if you know that that's probably their script, you have your script. They have their script. That's fine. If you expect it, then you have you can be prepared to answer that. Mm-hmm. So what I would do in that situation is I would say, look, I really do want to engage in a dialogue with you. Ultimately, I can make a decision. Right. Like, I don't I don't want to count.
1: just draw a line and say, this is what it is, but you have to meet me halfway. Like, we, we have to have a conversation about it.
0: Right. Exactly. And, you know, we can take a few th- days to think about it. I know that, you know, you, you may feel be feeling a little defensive. Well, and that's or- the
1: circle back, right? If they're mm-hmm. really out of hand, if they're super defensive, if you can't get them down, it's, you know... I see, maybe we should just, why don't you think about it and I'll come back, maybe tomorrow we can revisit this. Yeah, Is that something you, you might do?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. If, if
1: they're impenetrable in the moment.
0: Oh, absolutely. And
1: then what if they continue to be impenetrable? What if this idealized thing, which I think can often happen and mm-hmm. maybe, will happen more if you can sort of institute it as a practice. And again, I just want to say, I don't always do that. I definitely don't do that. I'm glad we're doing, part of why I wanted to do this is it's a reminder for me as well. So let's say it didn't go great, super defensive, come back, revisit it. They're still like, I don't want to talk about this. I like my electronics and I need this, but you've, you've got to get there. I mean, what happens if they're truculent about it and you can't you can't get them to collaborate? Do you finally say like, Listen, I've given you the opportunity. You haven't taken it. This is the rule now because you've left me no choice.
0: Yes, that's exactly what you do. And now you have to have thought out beforehand how are you going to institute that rule? You know, are you going to have parental controls? Are you going to require them to charge their devices in your room? Are you going to unplug the internet? Uh, you know what how how are you going to kind of keep your end of the bargain here because if you get to that point and and it's possible, it's not only possible, it's probably likely because hmm. kids aren't they're not going to necessarily begin to see, their parents in a different light if parents start behaving differently, mm-hmm. behaving in this way rather than it's my way or the highway, you know, they'll kind I mean, of it's going to be a
1: shift. If this is a new technique you're coming with or new ideas, it might take a little time for them to get on board with what's happening.
0: Sure, because they're going to be suspicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, why, why wouldn't they think, oh, this is just a new tactic to get, you know, for dad to get his way here, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes time. I mean, parents need to look at this process as planting seeds. Seeds, not as as a, a, you know, full-blown solution in a nanosecond. Um,
1: it sounds like you, this is just another opportunity for planning, right? Yeah, We've talked about it a lot. So again, like maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm gonna sit down and write. But yeah, I mean, you might have to or at least really have a concrete, You've talked about this too, like it's important to have a script. So you come to this, you've had two opportunities to do this. It has not gone well. And so maybe it's now like, okay, I'm. this is the way it's going to be. You're saying you're coming with three concrete ideas of how you're going to do this. But like with any good, I mean, this is a good actor too. You're going to memorize that script. But ideally in the moment when you're on stage or on the film set, you're then in, you're in, touch with that other actor you're in touch with the child um you're in tuned i think is the better word right. so the idea is like you have your script you come with that script but you need to be in tune to what to what's happening in the moment
0: right it, exactly and it look it takes practice i'm not i'm not saying oh this is a magic wand that you're going to be able to wave mm-hmm. It's like going to the gym and lifting weights. You're not going to go into the gym and lift 500 pounds. You're going to go into the gym and lift three. And mm-hmm. and over time, you develop this. And it takes time to shift a relationship too, particularly if you have approached parenting as a in a controlling way, that you're there to control your child. So this shift towards relationship and towards really influencing them as opposed to controlling them is going to be, you know, it's going to be likely be long. What I would say as well is that when, because you you do have to make sure that you can follow through on whatever you say at the end, if they're being
1: it can't be too extreme so much that you can't do it. But what Correct. you bring what you bring in terms of a consequence has got to be something. It's like you said you can't be like, well then you've lost your laptop and he's like I can't go to school. If, if <laughs> Ex- take that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So you need to be clear on what what are you giving them to bump up against so that they are more likely To choose conversation where they may get some of what they want Mm -hmm. versus you going back to that controlling approach, which you probably had when they were younger Mm -hmm. because you could pick them up and put them in there their little corner and they'd listen and be like (laughs) sure or their portable containment unit the the stroller right those days are gone no they're gone they're gone so you do need to know what you can do what you know is it is it a an IT fix you know do you need some information on technology and how to shut them off if if that needs to happen Mm -hmm. you know is it a physical approach where you can don't get into a tussle with them I don't mean that but you you might have
1: to take the phone the phone lives somewhere else the computer comes out of the room at a certain time i mean i think parents can maybe set some of those parameters anyway but that's that's part of the idea
0: yeah exactly
1: so why don't we why don't we finish up with this one because i think a lot of parents are struggling with it with their kids this came up in our group a bunch last night one mom in particular was talking about because of the pandemic and kids are going back to school, parents are trying to navigate sleepovers and whether kids can hang out together. And how do you approach that? I mean, Mm. I feel like from my own experience, it's really about I mean, this all comes back to sort of listening, but that you really have to engage with the other family because everyone has an idea. We have some some fr- family friends that are super super strict, some that are pretty loose, and then some in the middle. You know, we're we're kind of trying to follow the basic guidelines, which is no you know social distance, masks, and you're not in big groups. How do you navigate that? Mm. How do you navigate that?
0: Well, you know, it's about risk assessment for yourself. You know, what What are you okay with? And the reality is that that risk assessment that you're doing, that kind of risk benefit analysis is probably going to be daily almost.
1: Because so, this shifts from day to day too.
0: Right. So you've already probably said, okay, I'm okay with my kids going to school part time. I feel like the risk is low compared to the benefit that they have from that. You've probably already said, okay, they can go out, you know, uh, together with one friend or out in the backyard, mm-hmm. or they can go out to, you know, a coffee shop,
1: outdoors, mm-hmm. or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've probably already loosened, parents have probably already loosened the boundaries a little bit, g- well, given the numbers wherever they
1: are. And it sounds like you have to get clear with your husband or wife, too, where you're at first, right, before yeah. you go out. How do we... F- where are we? Where are we with this?
0: Right, exactly. And part of that's going to be dependent upon whether you have a compromised person in the household. Sure. You know, if if there's an underlying condition or if there's a grandparent living, you know, in the same house or or being a part-time caregiver for your kids, y- you want to make sure you're going to have a tighter boundaries than, mm-hmm. than other parents are. You know, I think where parents need to land is- Doing their due diligence with regard to what are the numbers, right? What's the
1: science? Yeah,
0: you know, what's the science? We got to pay attention to the science,
1: and depending, like you said, where what state you're in, like what's going on, precisely.
0: Yeah, because New York, right now, where we are, is the numbers are pretty good,
1: yeah, low, and
0: pretty low. And we're Mm -hmm. so it, you know, more people are feeling. Like oh I can I can go out to that you know to go get a coffee with my friends mm-hmm. and then walk around on the streets mm-hmm. with that coffee, which requires that you don't wear a mask by mm-hmm. b- by the way because you can't drink coffee with sure. a mask on. Well, I mean you can I've seen people do it but it's wow. not easy yeah.
1: Um, I want to see that party trick. That <laughs> <be> interesting.
0: <laughs> it involves a straw. <laughs> oh oh that yes goes I, into the I guess you're right. Yeah through, That's yeah. not that
1: okay sure.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so it depends on what the numbers are, but it also depends on, to a great degree, parents need to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. So if your child has been contact traced back to someone who has had COVID mm-hmm. and been told by the school that your your child has to quarantine for 14 days, they have to quarantine for 14 days. Right. Because the big picture that we need to be teaching our kids is that there are rules that involve compassion for other people Mm -hmm. not for themselves but for other people that we have to follow as a society because we've arguably maybe not so arguably lost a lot of compassion Mm -hmm. in the united states in my opinion for others and i think we need to make sure that our children Children aren't infected by that same lack of compassion. We wear masks not so that we don't get it. We wear masks so that if we have it, we don't give it to and somebody And that's a great else.
1: way to approach your kids about it, uh, around yeah, that idea.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's disappointing for them. I get it, you know. Um, you know, as you said from our group last night, there had been this kind of Halloween Yeah thing planned a lot of struggles around that and you know and how
1: hard it is to to make those decisions especially you know some kids mine are teetering on getting it's not as big a deal but halloween's a huge one for some so and not only was halloween canceled but you know we didn't travel for thanksgiving and christmas isn't looking so good either it's a it's it's tough man i know it's tough but you have to sort of
0: But we feel bad for them as parents. I mean, it just breaks our heart.
1: Well, especially in a long string of defeats. I mean Yes. That's the other thing is that, you know, I think one of the moms or dads was saying last night that it wouldn't be so bad if this was singular, but this is coming off a string of, you know, camp was canceled, you can't see your friends, soccer's out, blah, 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 all these things. So it's even harder. So you have to be careful and I think, you know. To kind of circle back to what's been the thread through this podcast is you know leading with empathy you would say right absolutely to to, to acknowledge like i know this is crazy it's really difficult but it's not safe for you to go because of a b or c
0: yeah no question and not only the defeats you know the the sadnesses that the kids have had so far and the parents have and the tough conversations continue is it safe to go visit mom and dad Mm -hmm. in a different state
1: well it's also not. it's doubly difficult because you're also yearning for that. There's mm-hmm. been so much disconnection and you know Zoom can only take you so far and everyone is yearning for this sort of physical contact and connection so it's so challenging because <laughs> they're saying, you know, it's not a good idea to travel for Christmas to see your parents or grandparents so it's this thing has been rough. It's <laughs> rough. been really rough. Could you end with one one simple main thing to keep in mind for parents during the pandemic?
0: What we started with empathy, compassion, and empathy, and really getting that your kids are your kids are su- you know they're they're suffering through this grief process, and it's very very tough on them. And it's going to be tough on you too, as a parent, because you're watching them suffer or miss out on the firsts or miss out on the traditions or the rituals. If you can approach them with a, I love you and this is hard, would a hug help, right? That's the safety of the family or the safety of your found family, or your friends or wherever your emotional safe space is, is the thing that will ultimately get everybody through this, feeling safe. And whether or not your family is dispersed throughout the country mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, everybody's holed up together in a, in a house, but understanding that it's okay to have feelings about this. We may not like the feelings mm. and it's okay. And And everybody has the right to express those feelings. Thanks for listening to the Parenting Horizons podcast.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with your family and friends. And if you'd like to hear more about Julie's work, join one of her parenting groups, or see about individual counseling, please visit ParentingHorizons.com. Or you can email Julie at julie.ross@parentinghorizons.com. at
0: See you next time.